Above Nation. Let's go. Day two, baby. Day two. Back at Radio Row. It's DMVR Bus Prime Time. We're presented by Factor Meal Kits. Head on over to factormealkits.com slash DMVRBuffs50. Use that code DNVRBuffs50 to get 50% off your order. Loaded show today, man. Loaded show. A lot has happened since we last uh, graced these airwaves. We're going to talk about it uh, throughout the show. But last night was, uh, was a whirlwind at Super Bowl opening night. Uh, some new beefs. Maybe some <laughs> old beefs. Squashed. Uh, I might be willing to squash an old beef I had. Wow. Uh, and I think Burt Kreischer's my new best friend. So As yeah. is Travis Kelsey. Well, that was the beef I was considering uh, squashing. No, you're a Chiefs fan now. Uh, well, you're a Chargers fan, so. <laughs> well, <laughs> guess there we, we go. both suck. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've got former NFL Super Bowl winning head coach Brian Billick joining the show. Of course, Coach Prime's head coach. His final two years of his NFL career in Baltimore. Field Yates will be on here shortly to talk about Travis Chador and much more. We'll get to some headlines, too. We've got a, a supposed announcement coming also. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. I'm not taking the bait. No? No. Uh, we also have CJ Hurd uh, news tomorrow. He is supposed to be committing, deciding between UCLA and Colorado. We also have Colorado's one and only Super Bowl representative on that's the show. That's right, yes. This uh, year, at least. I think that's everything. Like I said, loaded show. I guess let's talk about uh, opening night, right? Okay. It was, uh, first off, it was just madness in there. It was. I actually, so I've been to a few of these. Uh, the last two I had been to were at a basketball stadium and a hockey stadium. Mm -hmm. And so you can imagine what all the people that were down there on the field on a basketball court-sized thing. Last night was actually felt really spacious to me. I was like, this is amazing. You can actually breathe down here. When you cut off the middle like area of the field, though, and we're all on the sidelines, yes. it was pretty crowded down there. It was crowded, but not to the point where you couldn't like walk around or like if you saw someone, you couldn't like get to them. That's true. Um, we'll save a lot of these videos for after the guest, but we'll have Field Yates coming on. Massive Travis and Shador fan, by the way. Yes. Uh, we are, we're going to talk to him about that. He was also uh, on the Bronco show earlier. He, I've, I've actually interacted with him before at, at these events. One of the coolest guys uh, that I've come across in media, so I'm, ex I'm excited to have him on. Uh, what, was the, what was your number one takeaway from last night? Number one takeaway from last night. Um, honestly, I expected to see more people. Oh. Like, like more celebrities and stuff like that. Yeah, and then like... Well, just selfishly for us, for content purposes, too, yeah. of course. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I mean, I thought that was, I think that's a, a fair point. I've seen some some crazy, like, names there. But I think my big takeaway is Burt Kreischer, yeah. Coach Prime guy. Self-proclaimed Coach Prime guy. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, that was uh, super dope overall, that video. Travis Kelsey, as we all know, super Coach Prime guy. But uh, Travis Kelsey picking Colorado to beat yeah, Cincinnati. Switching sides, <laughs> man. Uh, not... That shows you the difference between a player and a head coach because we'll play. Uh, we'll, we'll, you'll see it later. But I asked Kyle Shanahan the same question, and he immediately knew how to coach speak his way through that one. Mm -hmm. Even though Colorado doesn't play Texas, he had to make sure of that. Why don't we play some of this stuff now? Okay. Uh, because we don't know how soon our guest is going to be here. What do you want to play? What's something short we could roll? Let's right start now? with um, Kelsey. I, oh no, go ahead. Yeah, no, let's go. Let's go with Kelsey. Let's play Kelsey. 
How many wins for Coach Prime in Colorado next year? Undefeated. I'm taking Prime every single time. I'm not a betting man, but my money's on Prime. Not a betting man, but yep. money's on Prime every time, even against Cincinnati. He didn't say that part, but I inferred it. I asked you, do you think he even knows that CU and Cincinnati are in the same conference now? <sighs> yes and no. I he, think he knows this. He's heard it. He definitely didn't remember in he the moment, He just hasn't though. processed it to the point where it came to his mind <laughs> yes. in that moment. I don't think he was, like, dialed into the whatever uh, Cincinnati's version of our schedule release show was. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, I think uh, he gets a little bit of a pass, too. That was kind of gotcha journalism on my part. Yeah, but we didn't even realize it till after the fact, too. <laughs> I, I set him up without even knowing. <laughs> yeah. uh, unlike Will Compton, who I knowingly <laughs> set up. Let's play that. All right, here with Will Compton. One question, fill in the blank. It has been 4,819 days since. I jerked off. The, the answer we were looking for was since Nebraska has beat Colorado. Got him. Classic, bro. <laughs> Just hook, line, and sinker. Oh, man. That video, I'll give an updated uh, an updated number on that because this is crazy. I believe that video is now well over a million views. We'll get the exact number here in just a second. We are at 1.2 million views on that video because, Unreal. of course, Will, uh, who actually was a good sport about this, yeah, uh, he quote tweeted it and you know kind of played along. Uh, he said, uh, "Husker Nation, we have a new enemy, and I need him to be eliminated." Yes. <laughs> um, you better watch your back. I know bro. that's kind of scary because Nebraska fans might think he's serious. Well, and they're not the brightest. He obviously, you guys for like introduced or and met each other last night, but yeah. Husker fans have to be very familiar with your work. I know, I know. They were probably like, oh, he's not a new enemy. We've, <laughs> yeah. we've known him. <laughs> they, they, you're on their radar already. Yep. You have to be. Um, but, and then Dave Portnoy quote tweeted it. Legendary. Uh, just, that's insane. So, yeah, over a million views on uh, me cooking Will Compton. Um, but he was actually cool. We, we stopped rolling, and he did come back, and he was, yep. he was funny about it. He was like, wait, has it really been that long? I was like, yeah, bro, it has. He was like, well, I was on that team, so doesn't count uh but yeah we'll we'll play a little bit more because he actually had a lot of really nice things to say to our own zach stevens who's on the bronco show uh -huh. uh, about coach prime so we'll play that in a second here but we do have our first guest hello hello what's up field what's happening gentlemen how we doing mr field yates thank what's you going for joining on? how us. are you Good, man. How are you doing? I'm bothering the DMVR airwaves all sorts of times today. I yes. know, I know. I'm happy yeah, about it, though. You're, you're, you're on, then you're on CHGO. You know, you'll be on the Philly one eventually. Totally. Is this, uh, is this, a, is this Phoenix right next to us? Yes, yes, it is. I don't know if you got I mean, I, I'm sure the people that are watching on camera right now can't see this, but we are on uh, this right here. And she can probably confirm. This is like elite hair all across the set right now, <laughs> including Trevor Sycama over there. Yep. He's got terrific lettuce. I mean, that's like that's one of the criteria to join the show. You got to have good hair, I that, think. That is well, true. You're the leader in the clubhouse field. Oh, you know what? Sell that to Trevor because he might he might take umbrage with that. <laughs> I'm taking umbrage with that. I know. I was gonna say like we got some strong contenders. Up there, <laughs> I just got I, a combat from some lady over there on my hair. Wow. Well done. Yeah. Dude. Tell it's that lady to rethink her stance. <laughs> wow. Right, uh, I'm just kidding. Hold on, I got a tweet for you for to read you, Field. Okay, oh, is it like a, one of those mean tweets about someone saying something? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. It's, it's a very nice tweet. Just okay. tell me if this uh, rings a bell at all. My 2025 NFL mock draft. One. Oh yeah. Athlete <laughs> Travis Hunter. Yeah. Two. 
quarterback Shador Sanders. It does ring a bell. That was during the TCU game. <laughs> it, yes, was. it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember it well, and uh, I'm not sure my stance has changed that much. I probably, yeah. should, probably should put Shador first because uh, quarterbacks tend to go uh, at the top of the draft. Uh, but, I mean, what a time right now. I, I understand, like, I am prepared for the people that are going to tell me, you know, last place in the Pac-12. But, I mean, when was the last time Colorado had this much attention on the football program? Probably maybe never? Yeah, I mean. I mean maybe uh, since uh, national championship national winning champion, seasons, but Cordell Stewart era, like. Even then, it, it was a different, different time, right? you know. Yeah, totally. Um, and those two are unbelievable. I mean, we're talking about legitimately, uh, you know, I mean, probably the best quarterback in the country going into the next season. And yep. things can change and guys can, you know, rise and guys can fall. But Shadour, I mean, unbelievably impressive. And then Travis Hunter uh, having us a real chance to be, like, not like. When was the last time we had a guy like him enter the NFL? I don't know, Charles Woodson? like Deion yeah. Sanders? Maybe Deion, right? <laughs> uh -huh. I mean, uh, I don't know what he'll end up doing if he'll decide to plant his flag on one side of the ball or the other, uh, or if he'll just say that I can do both. I mean, just the physical conditioning is actually, like, kind of ridiculous. Like, I think it was, like, 112 yeah. plays in that TCU game, yep. which, like, there are going to be first-round picks that play, like, 65 70% of the snaps for their team, which is, like, 50 plays per game. Yeah. He played like basically two plus games in one game, and mm -hmm. that was not all that uncommon for him. Obviously, the injury at some point, uh, you know, impacted things. But um, he's fascinating, and he's an absolute stud. Uh, there are a few players that I've had a lot of fun with this year in preparing for the upcoming draft, where you kind of use them as measuring stick players. I talk about this all the time with Marvin Harrison Jr. in the Big Ten because there are several Big Ten cornerbacks that might end up being drafted this year. And I'm talking about the, you know, the past version of Big Ten, not the new version of the Big Ten because, mm -hmm. you know, Penn State's got two really good corners. They've got, you know, uh, Michigan obviously has got all kinds of defensive players, including a couple corners. Uh, Iowa's got Cooper DeGene, like all these yeah. corners that are going to end up being drafted. And what you do is you go back and you track how they played against Marvin Harrison Jr. And Travis Hunter's the same way. Like Josh Newton, the corner from TCU, who yeah. mostly covered him during that game, is going to be probably a top 100 pick this year. Yeah. Guys put a lot of football at a high level. And Travis makes it look a lot easier than it should <laughs> yeah. against yep. a guy who's got a real chance to be playing on Sundays as like a starter this year. Like that's it's uh, pretty impressive. And Obviously, a lot of work ahead, and I know they got to, you know, they got to shore up the trenches. Sounds like it was a another busy off season, more so on the transfer portal yep. than it was in the recruiting class. But um, I don't know, man. It's going to take time. You know, Dion's going to galvanize people, and it's going to probably, you know, bother some people because he's got swag and things yeah. that people are envious of. But uh, I don't know. I think if I were a Buffs fan, I'd still be pretty fired up right now. Yeah, we are. Um, as it relates to Travis, yeah. what do you think? Do you, do you think you just talked about how, you know, uh, he did a great job being covered by a top 100 or a top 100 player. At the same time, he's locking down on guys on the other side crazy. as yeah. wide receivers. Do you think he goes into the NFL as both, or do you think that the NFL is going to want to put him in a category? I think he goes in the NFL as both. I he's, love too, he's too valuable, obviously, to not play both uh, for Colorado next year. Um, there might be a just, you know, one thing about, 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 about Prime that I think is, is cool, Coach Prime, is that, like, um, well, he wants to win. They all do, right? Um, he strikes me, and you guys could tell me I'm an idiot, uh, and this is incorrect, of having, like, some sensibility about what's best for the guys in the long term as well. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, and while I don't think that he would play Travis 112 snaps a game if he felt like it was potentially going to hurt him, um, he may also have some influence on that decision and say, you know something? Uh, at the end of the day, while I could do both, at that time – it was best for me to be, you know, the best cornerback on the planet. Yeah. Um, and maybe Dion, maybe his feeling was he was a better corner than he was wide receiver. Maybe that was the biggest influence on it. 
that might be the calculation that Travis has to make, is that maybe this year, and as I'm showcasing myself, maybe the vast majority of my resources and effort, because on top of playing, like you got to like prepare, you got to be in the film room, right? Like mm-hmm. if he's at the wide receiver meetings, it means he's missing out on the cornerback <laughs> meetings and vice versa, right? Maybe Prime is saying, hey, you know what? I think you're a wide receiver. I think you are the next great wide receiver in the NFL. And while we'll use you at, at cornerback, like we're going to make sure that this year uh, we want you on every Bolitnikoff list. We want you to be a first-team All-American yeah. wide receiver. Um, but I think like optionality is not a bad thing, and I don't think it's going to hurt his value any. I, I mean, again, I, it's, it's early in the process, but uh, Shador, Travis, there are probably a couple others that are like on that short list going into the year, but uh, you know, top 10 pick feels like the absolute floor for those guys yep. and the ceiling obviously would be legitimately one two for sure maybe maybe, maybe three for travis if there's another quarterback right. that right. you know really makes us push but one two feels like it's in play i've been saying kind of recently as a, uh, with travis at corner i think there's a chance that nfl teams see his ability at corner as more rare just because there's so many wide receivers, and there's a lot of good wide receivers. There are. You don't see a lot of corners in college who are coming off of zone or man coverage and jumping another route. And, you know, like like the pick he had That interception at in the end zone was ridiculous. And he did it two more times against yeah. UCLA. Yeah. So it's a good question. I think the other the counterpoint that I would make would just be that while there are a lot more top wide receivers and there are top cornerbacks, the marketplace has not caught up yet for corners like it has wide receivers, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, at the top of the heap is Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. I think Tyreek's at $30 million a year. Tyreek's at, like, I'm sorry, uh, Devontae's at like 28 and a half. Whereas the top cornerbacks are more like closer to like 20 to 22 range. So you may, and I get it, like let's, let's get to the NFL before yeah. we start worrying about second contracts. But guys, like players are mindful of those long-term oh, yeah. deals. Freaking a few years ago, DeAndre Ayton, who's uh, of course a former big topic of Phoenix podcast, I'm sure, was talking about how like his goal was to make it a second contract in the NBA. Yeah. Yep. Right? And because the minute he's in NBA is fully guaranteed, he's got 120 million bucks. It's going nowhere whether he's a 30-point-per-game player or a 3-point-per-game player. So, while it is in some ways silly to be talking about like a second contract this early, in some ways you're like, I mean, look at now. I think one of the big reasons why we're seeing so many great wide receivers is parents are saying, why would I play my, I mean, Hopefully not all parents are like this, but some parents are like, why would I make my kid play running back? Yeah. Because if he's any good, if you're like a star 15-year-old running back at your school, your parents may say, yeah, he's a running back for now. He's a wide receiver at college. Mm -hmm. Right. Because how many running backs are getting paid? The answer is very few anymore. Very few. And then you have guys like Debo, who obviously playing this game, who have just kind of become slash players of their own. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, you can can use me at running back, but when it comes time to talk turkey for our contract, I'm a wide receiver. Make that very clear, right? He got a wide receiver contract much more than he did a running back contract after a season in which he led the NFL in yards per carry. Mm -hmm. I think he scored on 20.2% of his carries the year prior to his extension, which is just an astronomical number, like completely absurd. But that's part of the reason why he now makes, God, these deals all blend together now. But like, you know, 20 million bucks a year. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we talk about this all the time with Travis, but as much as the team may want to put him in a category and put him in a box, you're going to have a antsy player on your hands. I think one of the main reasons why he plays so much is because he demands, he's just like, I got to play, I got to play, I got to play. Get me out there, get me out there, get me out there. He's competitive. He he would play every snap if they let him. Yeah, I mean, and that's another thing that will work in his favor in the NFL. There's a 
there's a whole other side of the conversation besides what you see on the film. It's the character, it's the football desire, it's the willingness, it's the, uh, you know, the uh, ability to kind of distinguish yourself from a crowded field. I talk about this all the time now in the draft, is that what's going to happen is that, like, in this year's class, you're going to see the cream of the crop, right? They're going to rise up, right? Marvin Harrison Jr. is not a top five pick because he came out this year. He's a top five pick because he's Marvin Harrison Jr. He's a top mm -hmm. five pick, right? Um, you get to this category of guys that are like, any given year, first-round picks. Then you get through another category of guys that like have a good chance to be a first-round pick this year, would probably be a first-round pick in a lot of years. They also might be a second-round pick in other years. Then you get to this big, fat gap of guys. And it's guys that might be third-round picks this year, they might be fifth-round picks this year. But the difference between a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick might be as simple as, hey, the character's better here, the determination's better there, the medical's better here, the interviews we had were better there. Like That's the difference maker. And so for Travis, like. Uh, we know the football stuff is good, but by all accounts, and you guys would have a much better yeah. account than mm -hmm. I do, it seems like the, you know, the player, the person, the, the, the person and the player kind of stand on equal footing here. Amen. Definitely. And then just with Shador, what stood out? I mean, you tweeted that during the TCU game. It's the first yeah. game of the season. What stood out to you about him? You know, there's this uh, – so when you're the son of Deion Sanders, there's this uh, belief that, like, you're probably an A-plus athlete, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think Shador – I don't know. I don't think he's, like, A-plus-plus. I think he's really solid athlete. But – what people are going to misinterpret is that he is this dual-track quarterback. Like, yeah. I think he can run. I thought he was the best pocket passer in college football this past year. Mm -hmm. I mean, his When there was a pocket. When there was – yes, yes <laughs> obviously that was – when he had time to throw, I thought he was the best pure passer in the entire in the whole country. And I'm talking you, you lumped Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels in that conversation too. His accuracy is filthy. I mean, yes. ball placement's off the charts. Um, the ability to, like, maneuver the pocket when there was one a little bit buy a little bit of extra time. He's obviously a very, very good athlete. I'm just saying, like, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's a 4-4 guy, if he's more no. like a 4-5-5, something like that, right? Uh, but there's this could be, there's going to be a misconception. Oh, he's Deion Sanders' son. He's going to have to be this dual-threat quarterback. He's going to absolutely slice and dice you from the pocket. Uh, the anticipation is off the charts. The ability to, you know, accuracy is measured in a lot of different ways in, in, in football, in my opinion, uh, and I think the opinion of the league. We have completion percentage, which I think is, is important, but not the whole story. Um, some of it is, like, the difficulty of throws that you're making and attempting. Some of it also is this, is that, like, the difference between a big gain and a seven-yard catch is ball placement, right? Yep. If you're a wide receiver that's got a step on a slant and that ball's out in front of you, it might be a 25-yard gain. If the ball's on your back hip, if the ball's right in the numbers, if the ball is errantly thrown, it's a it's a seven-yard game, right? Mm -hmm. Or it's an incomplete pass. So I thought that Shador really stood out in terms of his ball placement and being, again, I thought the most polished, best pure pocket passer in the country last year. And we talked about it with him when he was coming from Jackson State to Colorado, and people were like, is this going to translate? Is this going to translate? And it's like, that, that travels. That one travels. That's yes. what I was yeah. going to say. Is the, if you putting the ball wherever you want, it yeah, doesn't matter travel. who you're playing against. No doubt. Uh, that one will travel. I'm not too worried about that one. Yeah. So uh, we, we are still, like, I've still got a lot, of, a lot of work to do on this current quarterback class. Uh, but I do rest a little bit easier thinking about 2025, knowing that, um, you know, like, it ain't going to be hard for me to figure out who the best quarterback at least to my, my draft rankings, is going into the season. You know, obviously he's got to prove it. He's got to do it again, and other quarterbacks will have a chance to make their mark. There certainly are some talented quarterbacks in next year's class. I'm not dismissing those by any stretch, but um, much like Caleb Williams was QB1, it was his, his sort of role to lose. Same thing for sure going into next year. Uh, kind of a bigger question, but just since you've been covering the draft and all this stuff, I'm just curious about your general opinion of where college football is headed. Um, and yeah. really, what do you think is the big fix to kind of get this all settled? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it's a great question. I think that's, we could do a whole show on this, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. um, 
You know, I think that it's important for people to understand that like multiple things can be true at once. Uh, and, and so uh, the fact that players are now compensated for their name, image, and likeness is a massive win, right? I mean, it's it was in, in injustice for however many years that guys were you know, making millions for these schools and seeing zero out of it, right? Um, it also, because of that, multiplied by the transfer rule, has totally changed the game. I mean, um, I was at the Senior Bowl this past week and talking about a couple of uh, programs that maybe made some changes this offseason on the coaching staff or otherwise, and I was talking to a couple of my colleagues who are big college football reporters or analysts, and I was just sort of going through the top ten and, like, sizing things up. And we were talking about teams that could be great this upcoming year. They're like, field. Here's the problem, is that I have my list right now. We haven't even hit the spring transfer portal yet. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's like, we got another 30-day portal where, I don't, you know, I'm just making, I'm just pick a random team, right? Like Ohio State's apparently, you know, they, they've seemingly added every player in the transfer portal possible, yes. <laughs> but like, they could keep going. Or Ohio State's got four quarterbacks who are all like notable in their own right might lose one of them. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know that obviously. Yeah, yeah. So they could lose one of those guys. So the game's changed so much, and you know, there's a part of me that's nostalgic and misses like the rivalry aspect of it. There's that that's that to me is is a fair thing to say. I'm happy for these players that they are compensated. I do wonder though, and I don't have a solution yet. So I don't like the people that say like you must change this without offering some sort of solution. Um, but I do wonder if there is a an eventual need for change to legislate not players being paid, but legislate the idea that this has basically become NFL free agency 12 months a year. I just, right. again, maybe that's me being simple-minded, um, but as a fan, and I'm just a fan of college football other than when I'm studying these guys for the draft, it's just kind of a bummer when um, it just feels like what we're doing is we're just eventually, like the ball is just rolling down the hill, and at the bottom of that hill yeah. is like you know, 20 teams in one conference that just play for a championship every year. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's interesting, and, and you kind of it mentioned is. like the tradition and the rivalries and a lot of that stuff. Like sometimes it's like a, a like a hard nosed linebacker from one school who's there his fourth year, and he's like talking so much shit about the rival because you know he's been in it. Yeah, a lot of that feels like it, it, it's being kind of lost in the shuffle. So my mom is from Columbus, Ohio. And my dad's from Hawaii. So I did not grow up with parents <laughs> that, uh, that that came from big professional sports states. Yeah, uh, or professional sports cities, I should say specifically. But my you know my youth people ask me. I was, a Ohio, I was an Ohio State fan. That was my first team that I loved. And that includes, like, I used to, I used to have my grandpa used to take me to a game a year, and I'll never forget my first experience at Ohio State, Michigan, and how not only did I go to the game, but, like, I spent the full week out there. And, like, my grandpa, and this is, again, a different generation. I'm 36, so it's not like, um, you know, not like this was five years ago, <laughs> but, you know, 25 years ago, whatever it was. Like, we go out. I went out there on, like, Wednesday or Thursday. Friday morning, like, we went to the diner where he went every Friday morning. The same group of people. Yeah. The radio was on. We're all sitting there listening to local radio talking yeah. about the game ahead. Everybody has their same meal, right? Friday afternoon, you go to the pep rally, right? Uh, I used to, my grandpa used to send me the, the Buckeye, whatever, bulletin or something, right? Yeah. I had all the players who were being recruited, little write-ups on the newspaper about these guys. I get it. We're in a much different world than that. But, like, that was the college football that I grew to love. Yeah. I still love college football. I mean, I spend as many hours on my couch on Saturdays as most people do. I'm just saying that, like, there was a sort of a different there was a different dynamic in play then that does not exist now that um, some people might long for. Yeah. For me, it's and we've talked about this on this show a lot, is the calendar just seems all out of whack with college football. It is 365 days a year. I mean, again, just the idea that like I didn't, I had to like it. Felt like it hit us hard this year because there were three coaches in the exactly. playoffs. Yeah, but you're like, all right, so the season's over. 
in like November for some teams. Portal opens for players potentially if their coach gets fired. Yep. All right, then we have like National Signing Day or Commitment Day or whatever, and then it's like, all right, we got bowl games. All right, coach gets fired. More players hit the portal. You're just like, man, like it just never stops. Mm-hmm. And once those three jobs got filled, Alabama, Washington, and Michigan, it's like, all right, well, in the case of Washington, or like, you know, once Caleb DeBoer goes to Alabama, now someone has to go to Washington, right? Now yeah. someone has to go to Arizona, and now someone has to go to San Jose State, right? Like, it's like, the trickle down effect is so substantial that the transfer portal basically exists in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. I guess it's slowed down now, but BC. Boston College, yeah. Freaking Jeff Halfley leaves his job yep. four days ago, whatever it was, and now they have 30 days to decide to leave. And they're talking about Chip Kelly, like, going to the NFL. All of a yeah, and too. Chip, it sounds like Chip could, you know, potentially be in the mix for an NFL job, maybe not. Maybe not. We'll see. But um, you know, Boston College has to hire somebody. It sounds like Bill O'Brien might wind up getting that job. But still, like, if he does that, now Ohio State has to go back to the drawing board with a head with a with a coordinator, right? So it's a it's a it's listen. I'm not trying to say that uh, it's 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 perfect or imperfect. It's always somewhere in between. Um, but again, I like the college football that I think we grew up with, right? Yeah. Is probably closer to. Even if you're not an Oregon, Oregon State fan, you're like, I want to watch that, or I want to watch Wazoo, Washington, of the Apple Cup, or I want to watch, whatever, is it Nebraska and Wisconsin playing for that 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 hatchet or whatever, whichever, <laughs> whoever it is that plays for that big axe might be Minnesota, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Minnesota, Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, like those games felt special and different, um, and they feel a little bit less special now. All right, man. Thank yep. you so much for your time. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, having Appreciate me join. It, Let's do it. All right. I know, you, I know you have family in Colorado, so if you're ever out there, hit us up. We'll have you down at the bar. We'll love we'll, that. Uh, we'll hang love out. That. I want to get out for a game. Yes. I've never been to a, my favorite stadium. I've never been to a game there. So please do. Yeah. Please do. Most beautiful yeah, scene. In Let us know when you come out. Yes, sir. Be right. out there. At my work. Field Yates. All right, gents. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. There he goes. We're doing a quick line change here. Oh, we're going right now. Yes. Going right from Field Yates. How's it going, Coach? Coach Brian Villa. Your name? I'm uh, I'm Ryan. I'm Jake. Nice to meet you, Coach. Yes, sir. Super Bowl winning head coach Brian Billick joining the show. Coach, uh, we cover the Buffs. Coach Brian's head coach. Um, How has it been for you just seeing him? You know, you coached him towards the tail end of his career, but now he's a head coach. What's it been like just watching him take up that role? Where, where, you got to remind me, where are we talking we're talking about? We're talking Deion Sanders. Oh, Deion. I'll tell you what, yeah. Deion, I said it when he came out. Deion, first off, Deion doesn't get credit because of his unique skills mm-hmm. for being how smart a player he was. He's one of the smartest players I ever had. Understood the game at all levels. And I knew he would be phenomenal coach because he brings that institutional knowledge, he brings that perspective, and he's got such an innate feeling for the players and, and what they can do, I, I knew he would be phenomenal as a coach. What was it like uh, coaching him uh, for those couple years that you had him? I had Dion in the later part of his career, yeah. and so he came in with a very specific role in mind. And, and um, you know, I didn't know coming in how he's going to be. He was phenomenal. He was, he was a great player to coach. He understood the value of coaching, so he appreciated what you did. He knew that he had to support that. Uh, he knew that he... At that point, too, he was mentoring the players yeah. on a constant basis. Uh, he was a great addition for us at a lot of different levels. Sorry. No, uh, everyone that we talk to who has interacted with him at any point, whether it's a teammate, a coach, a coworker at NFL Network, whatever it is, 
loves the guy. They speak of him in this way. Yeah. What is it about him? He's just got that, that passion for life that's evident every day and whatever he does. Uh, I worked with him at the network as well. And, and his love of the game, loves the personalities involved. He's not afraid to be who he is and, and love life every day as it comes out. Um, he's just a phenomenal, phenomenal human being that way in that you just gravitate towards that passion. And it's so consistent. I, the guy never had a down day. I can't remember a single time where, and you know, you work with someone long enough, whether it's on the field or whether it's a network, and you come in and you're kind of, you know, you just don't have it that day, and you're just off, and it's just for any number of different reasons. The guy was never off. He always had that exuberance and passion for what he was doing. Doesn't that make it surprising, too, that there are so many people who don't know him, who dislike him and have all these different opinions well, and that's about not, him? Well, that's not untypical. I mean, there's a whole lot of people who don't think a whole lot of me, <laughs> you know, until they actually work with me. I'm an arrogant, egotistical, yada, yada. Yeah, okay, but then, yeah, come work with me, and it turns out, eh, you're not so bad, you know? <laughs> we yeah, think because you're so going to look at the persona from the outside and yeah. not really understand it from the outside, and when, but, but when you are around it, and you can appreciate that passion. And see, this isn't an act. This, this is to his course, like Ray Lewis. The thing I'll tell you about Ray Lewis, what you saw on Sunday, you got every day from Ray Lewis. So there is that, that is who they are. And you can appreciate it a little bit more rather than thinking, ah, oh, this is just prime time, show time. That's, you know, he's just, he's just putting on an act here. No, that's him through and through. How did he end up? playing for you guys because he was retired for a few years yeah we were we were uh, uh, on the back end uh, it was in the back end of his career we got short in DBs we needed a very specific uh, we needed some experience we needed some depth we needed someone that had brought that gravitas and with the group we had you couldn't just bring in anybody and I forget Ozzie Newsom what the connection um, I think it may have been Corey Fuller who I'd coached in Minnesota and then was with us in Baltimore uh, and it was very close to Dion, and, and we just reached out and said, hey, you want to come in? Here's the role. And, uh, and it, you know, he was having the toe issue, and so it was, but it was great. He came in, and it was a great addition for us. Um, we have Pat Shermer as offensive coordinator yeah. in Colorado. Just curious if you could uh, give us some insight into his offense. I mean, you were, you call one of the greatest offenses of all time. So. Well, uh, he, he got, he's the pedigree, you know, uh, uh, and, and been around it a long time. Uh, he's going to bring a great wealth of knowledge, of understanding what the design of the offense needs to be as it pertains to the personnel, because that's really the key. There's, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's doing everything the same thing. They really are yeah. on both sides of the yeah. ball. So it's really a matter of tailing, okay, what, are, what, are we, what do we do best? What do our players do? And how do I integrate that into what we're doing? That's really the, the key. He's done that in a number of places. He knows what he's doing. It's good, going to be a good fit. The linchpin of that offense, obviously, is Shador Sanders. Right. What do you think of him? Uh, outstanding talent. He can do some special things. You've got to wrap some things around him, obviously, and just what I'm talking about. Structure in a way that gets him protected. That's the number yeah, one yeah. thing to me. You've you, you got to get him protected. He was, hell, they were beating him to his drop before he got there half the time. Um, so, and you could see him, uh, his ability to make things happen and the uniqueness of it. Uh, but you've you got you to get him protected, get him comfortable in the pocket so he can instrument the offense and get to that other talent that you have on the outside. I want to ask you about Travis Hunter because, I mean, you obviously had Ed Reed, um, and he made these plays. I remember there's like a video of him talking about 
this uh, interception he had against Indianapolis, how he like baited Peyton Manning way down the field. Absolutely. I, rem I know the exact play you're yeah. talking about. Ed was brilliant, the most intuitive player I think I've ever had. Um, again, great overall perspective of the game. He's at free safety, and he's got Peyton Manning, who's yep. maybe the smartest coach quarterback in the history of the game, knows what he's facing. He knew where Peyton wanted to go, so he leans and starts Garrett to bait Peyton into throwing. And just as Peyton starts his action, turns and sprints to the sideline where he knew the ball was going to be to get the interception. That, that, that's, uh, that's rare air, guys that can do that. We've seen Travis Hunter do some similar things like that, though, coming off of zones just like, I don't want to say freelancing, but he just has this innate feel for the game. You obviously coach Coach Prime as well, but what makes, I mean, can you coach that at all about these players? Well, and what's, what underlines that, or underlies that, I should say, is, yes, it is intuitive, but a lot of it comes from film work. A lot of it comes from putting in the time, recognizing it's not just freelancing and, you know, running down yeah. hair on fire down the field. Oh, I'm going to do this. Uh, but, but having, by design, I've seen this. I know where it's going. You, you, it's anticipatory. It's the only way you could really get it done. Because if it's after the fact, you're never going to get there. So it's, you're not, can't guess, but it's anticipatory to a degree where I saw the film, I saw this before, I'm going to do this and then jump there. And, and so there's a lot of hard work that goes into it as well. With Shador, with Travis, with Coach Prime, what do you think, uh, what do you think for the team this year? Oh, I, I'm, I'd never bet against Prime. Yeah, you know, they, obviously, it's all about the portal and NIL and whatever and getting the right players in there to support it. But on a team that, that had done nothing was in, in the dregs of the uh, uh, NCAA. And for him to pull that together and do what he did, generate the enthusiasm, no question he's going to get the right next group of players around that to support it, like in the offensive line, to protect him. Uh, I don't think there's any question they're going to get it going. What's your kind of view and take on college football as a whole right now? It feels like we're just uh, a football. It's a cesspool. I hate what's going on. I'll be honest with you. Wow. The NIL, the, it's, it's, uh, they got to get it under control. I know where we're headed, and I understand it. I get it in terms of we're going to have the Super League. They're going to be 38, 48 teams. Uh, we got to get there because right now the way the NIL, in conjunction with the no-holds-barred uh, portal, mm -hmm. uh, the NCAA is a feckless body. We need to put it under a, uh, some type of auspices that will get that under control. Let the teams compete. That's fine. We're going to pay the play. It's just like the NFL. But you got to put some structure to it. The way it is right now, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's sad and embarrassing to me. Coach, it sounds like you could be the new commissioner of college football <laughs> yeah. at this point. Nah, but they, 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 got to, they got to do something. And it can get done. Yeah. I don't know who's calling the shots. It's not the NCAA, and it's not the college president. So I don't know who it is that's going to call the shots to put this structure together, but it needs to be done, and it needs to be done quick, and it'll be great once they get it under control. It sounds like the NCAA needs a signal for some relief. There you go. Tell they, us about signal I relief. Wish, I wish that could help. <laughs> this guy. You know, this is the real deal. I get approached by a lot of, a lot of people to do a lot of things. The signal relief is the real deal. It's, it's an amazing product. I mean, it's all about managing pain for players. How do I get back on the field? And so I can get back and work the joints, worse the muscles. And there's, you know, you go into a training room, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars of stem machines and whirlpools and hydrotherapies. 
Signal relief is the real deal. It, it, it's a military base that works on the electrical signals in your body. It blocks the, we say, put it between the pain and the brain. It blocks that signal so that you can then do those things to work the muscles, work the joints. Uh, it's reusable, so it's very affordable. You put it where you need it. I'm 18 holes of golf, it's going on my lower back. Right. I get out of the pool three days a week on my shoulder or on my upper back. It blocks that intermittent pain that allows you to do the other things. You know, motion is medicine, and that's really what this allows you to do. Uh, like I said, very affordable. You put it where you need it, and it's uh, money-back guaranteed if it doesn't work for you, but you're not going to get there because they tell you what, this, the people that I give this to, the biggest thing they come back and go, do you make an entire bodysuit I can put <laughs> on this thing? Because wherever you put it, it works. I have one more question for you on Shador, just from a head coach's perspective. You mentioned the fact that there, there was so much pressure on him last year. Yet, at the end, you look at the, his season stats, 31 total touchdowns, three interceptions. Amazing. What does that say about his processing speed, that he's not making those bad decisions despite being under all that pressure? And did it under constant duress. That's the Anybody can throw up the ball a lot. Mm -hmm. The great ones in this game, in the NFL, are the ones that are a minimum in that two-to-one touchdown to interception ratio. And then you get the Mannings and the Breezes, and then you get to Aaron Rodgers, who's like four-to-one. But anybody can throw an interception, right? So the guys that are freeland, boy, I'm going to throw it up, but they throw as many interceptions as they do touchdowns. That does you no good. For him to have that kind of under the duress that he did shows the ability, the judgment, and the ability to deliver the ball where he needs to, Yet the judgment to recognize, no, I can't make this throw, get the ball where I need to. Um, I, I, I can't wait to see what they do with him, what Coach Sherman will do with him. Get him protected, operate more from a, a more structured pocket. He's going to do the other things running around, but let him make those throws from a more protected structure pocket. going to be fun to watch what he does. Awesome, right, Coach. Guys, Thank you so good. much for your time. Thank, Thank you, you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. There All right, is. you guys. There Great you go. insights. Incredible insights. Two back-to-back -back just insane guests. Yes. All right. Uh, shout out to our great friends over at Factor Meal Kits. You guys know we're big fans of Factor Meal Kits here at DMVR. Uh, they're easy to make. Just pop them in the microwave. They're also delicious. They got tons of options. If you are on a diet, uh, keto, whatever you got going on, um, hit them up. They've got all the options to help you stay full. Also, shout out to our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, after this... Jake, we got the media party tonight. It's uh, you give media members free things, they will just take them in droves. And tonight, yes. that's free drinks. <laughs> yep. Uh, so it's gonna be fun tonight. And hopefully, they have some Breck brews over there because we love our Breck brews, best beers in the country. Uh, so check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com because it's not just in Colorado. You can find Breck beers everywhere. And hopefully, again, we can find them tonight. I'll check the Breck brew locator at breckbrew.com. All right. Uh, do we want to hit the topics, or do we want to do videos? We hit some of the videos, but I did tease uh, right before we got field on uh, that we were going to show Will Will Compton uh, singing the praises mm -hmm. of one Deion Sanders. All right. So uh, Zach Stevens is talking to him, and he had this to say. What do you think of Coach Prime? I think Coach Prime's awesome. Mm. I really do. I, I think he's uh, – like, if I was a player, I would love to play for him because I feel like he tells the kids the reality of every situation. Maybe sometimes too much, but the heart, like, he handles it the way the NFL level does, and he doesn't hold any hands. And I, I, I like a lot of what Coach Prime does. I've been following Coach Prime 
obviously, or not obviously, like you would know. I was a Dallas fan growing up in the 90s, so I love the theatrics of Coach Prime. But I've been following Coach Prime since he was doing inspirational videos when he's bench pressing on his farm down in Texas. So to see him become a head coach, you know, from high school to go to Jackson State to go to now Colorado, it's been fun watching him climb because a lot of his philosophies he's kept throughout the entire time. And if you're somebody who's followed him since all the way back then, you know he's like staying true to himself the whole way. So I have a lot of respect for Coach Prime. I think he's awesome. Love it. Even Cornhuskers are Coach Prime fans. Yep, and because of that, I'm going to say something really nice about Matt Rule. Just kidding. No, I'm not. Ah, got us. <laughs> got us. There's nothing nice to say about Nebraska. No, no, really not. Um, yeah, I guess uh, new beef. Me and Will Compton. Yeah, man, you stepped up big time last night. <laughs> <laughs> you went from <laughs> CSU and Nebraska trolls to the leader of them all, basically. Needed it. Cut the head off the snake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It won't be the last we see of him this week, too. He was walking around earlier but today. But I found some common ground with him. He hates the Chiefs. What? For a reason that I don't have any common ground with him, he played for the Raiders. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> True. But, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's just you're also my enemy in multiple other ways. Yes. I don't know. It's, it's a complicated uh, relationship. One of my best friends is a Raiders fan. So we do have that common bond where we get to hate on the Chiefs. And the Chargers. Very often. But then, yeah, there's those two games a year where it's we're not friends. Yeah, that's tough. What else do we have in the uh, in the queue here? We still have Burt, right? We have... Okay, go for it. Let's play Burt. Uh, I had no idea. I, I truly had no idea what he was going to say to this. Yeah. So I was totally taken aback yep. uh, based on his answer being so like well thought out and uh, he already knew about Warren said, like, oh, let's just play it. Here with Bort Chrysler, uh, how many wins for Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes next year? Oh, uh, well, I don't know if this is knowledge, but they did add Warren Sapp to their coaching team. Is that a scoop? Yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking they're going clean the whole year. I think it's going to be a big year for them. I think they walk away with the title. I, I, I'll tell you that between them and Florida State, come on, we got to pray for Florida State. I'm, I, I, look, I'm a, I'm a Coach Prime guy. I've been a Coach Prime guy since he was on Sports Illustrated, God rest her soul, with the, with the prime time. Yes. And my dad said, now that's what we need in the NFL. And I, I'm telling you, that's my guy. I grew up in Florida. He's from Florida. He knew Gabby Reese. I know Gabby Reese. I am Coach Prime all the way. So you have some background on why he's such a big Coach Prime fan, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I guess he's a Florida State grad. Wow, one uh, of the few Seminoles out there who actually still respects Coach Prime. Smart man. Yep. Smart man. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's Very pretty cool. cool. Uh, he is legitimately hilarious to me. Mm -hmm. I told him after that conversation that Allie legitimately requests that I don't listen to their podcast while we're on a plane because I'm like trying to hold in a laugh and yeah. I, she's like sleeping I'm like shaking the seats because I'm like <laughs> trying not to laugh out loud bro the person like behind you must think you're like seizing up or something <laughs> like at best yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff though um, he was a very popular man last night he was he was and what's crazy is he might have like the best possible reputation that you can have which is just that you're, he's incredibly fun to party with. Yes. I mean, every single player, every single, like, big media person, whoever it was, was like, oh, I'll hit you up, see what you're doing later. Yeah, he uh, 
like maneuvered his way through to Travis Kelsey the front row, and that's one of the first things he said after he asked the questions. I'll talk to you later. Which is crazy. <laughs> one of the things that I've learned uh, in my years in this business is that athletes party way more than we think they do. Like, I'm sure. Because I think you would originally think, like, oh, they're not partying Super Bowl week. Like, mm -hmm. they're just getting right now. They are. Well, Chris Jones, uh, he had this quote I saw on SportsCenter last night where he was talking about being in Vegas, and he's like, last time I was here, it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> we do have uh, one more video to show you guys, too. Former buff, the only former buff in the big game this weekend. Yep. Uh, he was actually one of mine. He's, like, one of the first buffs that, like, really stood out to me when I was going through the draft process. I thought he'd be... A baller. He's still hanging around the NFL, though, Isaiah Oliver. Yeah, uh, another guy who actually uh, was a track athlete while he was at mm. CU. So he has that in common yep. uh, with Dylan Edwards. And uh, just a really great guy, part of a great Buffs team. Um, and now kind of has done the whole, like, journeyman thing yeah. in the NFL. And it's really cool to see a guy like that uh, keep his head down, stay in the league, which is not easy when you're bouncing around yep. from team to team, and now get an opportunity to go play in a Super Bowl. Yep, was a second-round pick to the Atlanta Falcons. You ready, Alyssa? All right. All right, here's Isaiah Oliver. All right, we're here with Forever Buff, Isaiah Oliver. Man, first of all, congrats on being here. What's this like for you? Man, crazy. Uh, I mean, Super Bowl, it's just what everybody works for. You know what? We work our whole lives to get here, um, the whole season, everything. That's just the number one goal. So just being here, it's been a blessing. Obviously, Coach Prime at Colorado now. Yeah. But can you take me back? What was your reaction when he got hired and just came into Boulder? Yeah, I was excited. Um, so we kind of like, there was rumors of it happening kind of before it did. And everyone was like, you know, that's not possible. You know, he's just yeah. talking, talking, whatever. But then when it actually happened, you know, I was excited. Um, just knowing that, you know, he can come in and kind of change the whole culture uh, pretty quickly. You know, that, and that that's really what's happened. So I think it's been great. As a corner who went to Colorado, obviously that decision was a big one for you then. But can you imagine now right. making that decision with, with him as the head yeah. coach? It'd be way different. <laughs> just going back there when I went back for the spring game this past season, uh, I mean, it's night and day. Like the whole – it's a whole different college, I feel like, than from when I went there. Um, and that's really good, uh, really good thing for the football program, really good thing for the sports in general. Uh, I think CU's going to be on its way back for sure. Travis Hunter's just one of the better players right. in college football overall. What's your, been your impression of him as you watched him last season in Colorado? Different. It was really different. I mean, just watching the spring games, really all I saw in person, and then um, just watching the games on TV. I mean, just a natural freak athlete. I mean, I feel like it's the easiest way to, to explain it. Um, obviously, he can play every position on the field. So, um, looking forward to watching him this year for sure. I think I saw it was Fred Warner who was talking on a podcast about how, like, you guys were all watching the games yeah. as a team. Like, yeah. isn't that crazy from when no one wanted or cared about Colorado to now you got the whole team watching? Absolutely different. I remember being in the hotel before winning the games. I, I forget who was on, but it was some some team that was, like, you know, in a Power 5 conference, SEC school or something like that, and guys were talking about turn the game off, turn the Colorado game on, and that's just something that obviously I had never heard before, you know, or never experienced um, in my time there or anything like that. So it was really cool, really, really cool. We had Nebraska and CSU come to Boulder last year. Yeah. We're going on the road this year. Right. How you feeling about those matchups? I like them. Uh, I mean, I like CU. Just looking at the 
schedule kind of just briefly, briefly um, a little bit. Um, I like the matchups all across the board um, for pretty much every single game. So, and I know that's how they feel. So, I'm looking forward to watching them. What's it like just being here? You've been on a, a long journey through your NFL career. Like now you're here, Super Bowl opening night. Like taking this in, man, crazy. Uh, I mean, it's just what we what we we knew we were gonna be here. You know, from the start of the year, this was always the goal. Always, um, you know, where we ended up. But you know, just being here and kind of being here in person for my first time, uh, it's different. It's crazy. Um, but I'm excited to be here. What are you expecting out of Coach Prime in the Buffs this season? If you yeah. could put a number on it, how many wins? Yeah. So last year, I felt like they did what I expected them to do. Um, him being his first year, kind of getting his players getting going. This year, um, I mean, I would say it's got to be at least eight, eight wins for sure. Um, get a bowl game and really compete in the Big 12. Do you have a take on whether Travis Hunter goes in as a wide receiver, yeah. goes as a corner, or both in the NFL? Yeah. And that's funny that you bring that up because I was actually at the spring game with Cheeto, yeah. um, Cheeto, Cheeto Bay. So, and we were talking about that too. We said we see him more as a DB, but then you really watch a lot of his highlights on offense, and it's kind of hard. Um, but I had to see a little bit more of him in person. But right now, I'm gonna say DB. Yeah. Just being a cornerback in the NFL, could you imagine trying to play both sides of the NFL? Yeah, I don't think it would be possible. I would, I would have said that about college as well before watching him this past season. But in the NFL, it's just so much more to the mental side of it. Uh, it'd be a really, really hard for a guy to be able to learn an entire NFL offense as well as play on defense. But I guess if anyone could do it, he could do it. All right, there he is, Isaiah Oliver, man. So happy for you, and we're rooting for you because we hate the Chiefs in Colorado. <laughs> I got you. Appreciate it. What a guy. Yeah, man. Super stoked for him. Did you cover him? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Um, so he was a freshman, I believe, on the 2016 Rise team. And that was when I was kind of transitioning from Buffs to Broncos. Mm -hmm. um, so I did a little bit, but I wasn't like on the beat, you know, talking to him a lot. Yeah. Um, if you are, I guess, neutral for Sunday's game, now you have a reason to root for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos' ties are deep, obviously, with McCaffrey, Shanahan, Lent, you know, just mm -hmm. the list goes on. But there's one one little Buffs tie. Uh, then I guess Travis Kelsey also did say, yeah. did pick uh, Coach Practice. <laughs> there will be many more Buffs in the Super Bowls in the next coming years. Amen. Many, many more. After Amen next year, I guess. Amen to that. Uh, oh, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm a huge Burt Kreischer fan. Yes. I knew his name was not <laughs> Burt Chrysler. <laughs> but they literally had a bit on their show about how no one could ever say his name right. So I leaned into it. And it actually was a callback to there's there's conflicting reports on who this was in the DNVR office. Okay. I'm pretty sure they took a clip of Dre when we had a promo for a Burt Kreischer show at Red Rocks, uh -huh. we were like reading it and Dre called him like something pretty close to Bort Chrysler. <laughs> and then they played that on their show. Uh, so we got a DNVR, the two bears, one cave crossover. Uh, so I was calling back to that, but it was like, they used to run like a, like a super cut yeah. of all the ads getting his name wrong. If you guys think I get names wrong, this is just another reason to listen to the DMVR Draft Pod, by the way. But pull that up and just listen to Dre try to pronounce these names. Oh, my God. He's <laughs> he's unreal. He gets some he hilariously doesn't really try. bad, though. And he'll also just, like, he won't be reading. You're reading, you yes, know? Yes, yes. He'll be, like, pulling a name yeah. from his head and, like, combine, like, three different exactly. people into one. <laughs> oh, man. That's the last video, right?
That's the last one we got. I don't know if, did we? Yeah, whatever. Uh, we're already 45 minutes in. Those interviews were good. Those were long, too. They were. Uh, let's do this ad break, then I guess we can okay. actually do news. Cool. Uh, shout out to our wonderful friends over at Game Time. You guys already know what it is. Sign up with the promo code BUFFS, B-U-F-F-S. You get $20 off your first order. Any game you're trying to head to, uh, not even that, concerts, events, whatever's going on in your city, hit up Game Time. we got BUFFS basketball. We have a big weekend coming up, Arizona State Thursday. Arizona coming to town to Boulder on Saturday, right when we get, or the day after we get back, basically. Yep. So, uh, you gonna go? It's the day I get back. Okay. Um, so I actually don't think I'm gonna make it back in time. Okay. Because oh. I have a, a newfound meeting on Saturday morning. Oh, are you gonna be here though? Yeah. So you're gonna be at Circa for that? No, I don't know. I think I'm gonna be on a plane for that. Is oh. the problem? Bummer. Well, tell uh, us about Circa. Circa, with the goats. Um, and you can download the Circa Sportsbook app anywhere you are and play Circa Squares. And, Jake, I've always had beef with squares. Me too. Because whoever gets in first has a huge advantage because all the odds are the same. I always liked when the squares are picked at random. Yes. But I've been in, uh, in like, bars and stuff where they're doing squares, and you just you pay, and then you write your name wherever you want. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, I, th- I thought that was just unfair because some squares are so much more likely, you know. The ones, the threes, the sevens, fours, and Circa has fixed that because mm-hmm. theirs is weighted odds um, based on where your square is. So even if you do get a square that isn't as likely to hit, you at least get paid for it. It's like on the craps table, you know. So if the point's a ten or a five, you bet it still because if it hits, you're getting paid even better. So uh, shout out to uh, Circa for fixing that problem. It's always been a pet peeve of mine. Uh, and download the Circa Sports app. Uh, wherever you are, and of course you must be physically located in the state of Colorado, must be 21 or older. All rights reserved. Circus Sports Colorado encourages you to gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER or visit uh, problemgamblingcolorado.org. I'm going to steal this from our friend Arden. If you guys have been enjoying the Super Bowl content, drop W's in the chat. Dubs. It's, it, it, what's crazy, Jake, is we talked about this yesterday, but like this gets crazier like as the week goes on yeah wednesday tomorrow is going to be a totally different buzz in here oh I can thursday imagine. is the day mm-hmm. uh where everyone starts pulling up and we'll also be doing a show on friday here so uh stay tuned it's yep. only going to get better uh even just walking in today it's like a notable noticeable like more buzz mm-hmm. um obviously more people here but just you feel the ramp up coming oh yeah appreciate the w's in the chat all right Let's uh, actually talk about the buffs and get some new stuff out of the way. Okay. A lot of people, everyone's talking about this today. Uh, Allow me to pull it up. Coach Prime on Instagram this morning posted a picture of a text message exchange. Um, You can pull it up on his page. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But there's an announcement coming tomorrow at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. So I want to play a game with you. Okay. There's a series of uh, things this could be. Yes. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most likely, 1 being the least likely, I want you to rate these All next right. topics. People keep up, keep saying it's the DC. Uh-huh. 1 to 10. Are we getting a DC announcement tomorrow at 10 a.m.? I'll give that a 3. Okay. I'll give that a 3. You're just going to leave it there? Uh, I mean, I feel like my answer as to why is going to come up as we move on through this game. Uniforms then. People saying, all right, these are the uniforms. We're getting the uniform announcement now. 
a five. Okay. I think that's on the table, but unlikely. Um, I guess just a Super Bowl announcement, whether it be, I don't know, an ad, whatever you may think it means. I think that that's a... Uh, I'll put that as a six. It doesn't add up with the language that's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all I got, actually. I only got three. But so I'll tell you what I think. Let's go from here. I think this is a new product mm-hmm. uh, that Coach Prime has created, um, whether that be new sunglasses or new something or other that he has been a part of uh, that is coming out. That is my guess as to what this is. Um, I think that it's, uh, it's very smart to get everyone's uh, eyes and ears perked up uh, because it's certainly everyone's waiting for news on the, the yes. two big things that you mentioned. The number one one is, is D.C., and we even got a little um, it's not tidbit DC. from Coach Dancy mm-hmm. uh, yesterday when he told the players, like, I'm going to be busy with the new coordinator stuff. And they're yep. like, do we, uh, Kyrie Mann's like, do we have a new coordinator? And he said, we're about to. Um, so that that's coming soon, and I think everyone's kind of hoping that it's that, uh, but I don't think it's that, and so I think this is a, a smart use of the uh, the leverage mm-hmm. uh, that that Coach Prime has right now, uh, with everyone waiting with bated breath to uh, to launch something. So that's my guess. Some people have said it's uh, recruiting, something recruiting wise, but as we talked about a few weeks ago, he's already gotten I think slapped on the wrist enough <laughs> for posting stuff on Instagram, so I doubt it's that. Uh, Warren Sapp, someone else said in the comments, don't think that'll be the announcement. Let me see. The, can I see the, the text exchange yeah, again? You haven't read it yet, have no, you? No, I have. I have. Okay. But it's like, uh, I'm glad we switched that up. What a difference that made. Um, there's certain like little things that I'm like, oh, well, it doesn't really make sense for Warren Sapp, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, that would make sense for like a uniform thing, which is why right. I put that higher on the list. Like, oh, I'm glad we changed this little thing about the uniforms. And then, you know, I think it makes most sense again for like a product. Oh, we mm-hmm. decided to go this way or did that. Um, yeah, so that, that's my guess. People keep on saying this. He just like screenshotted his and Smitty's uh, text exchange, but he can just walk down the hall and talk to Smitty. <laughs> like, I don't think Smitty's texting him. I don't know. I he mean, he could send him definitely. like a, a picture. Sure. Um, I don't think it's uniforms, a commitment, or anything of the sorts. It'd be interesting if it was uniforms, uh, because last year Coach Prime didn't want to do, like, announcements on uniforms. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest kind of announcement he did was just talking to Aaron Andrews on that Thursday night football right. game saying, it's going to be gold like you've never seen it before. Yep. Uh, but if you remember, like, they just rolled out the uniforms. A lot, a lot of schools do, you know, a Thursday graphic drop where they show everyone <laughs> what they're going to wear. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, maybe if you're playing for clicks. Um, <laughs> but, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's, it wasn't his style last year. He just wanted to say, you'll see it when it gets out on the field. Uh, but with the new drop, it would make sense to, you know, have a kind of a, make a big deal out of it. I remember the first time when CU actually unveiled the uniforms that they have now, they did, like, a whole press conference yeah. uh, with, like, you know, players modeling it and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe that's what the announcement is. People are throwing out NCAA football. Wow. That's a good one. All right. I'll, I'll rank that. Uh, six. Okay. Um, if it's NCAA football, it's got to be like a... Cover. The cover. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Would it be Coach Prime on the cover? What if it's Coach Prime, Travis, and Shador on the cover? Oh, my God. I'm buying two copies. <laughs> Never <laughs> one, opening one. One for a frame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for real. Uh, a few more things. We I don't think we've actually talked about him too much on this show. But we do have a – it's National Signing Day tomorrow, by the way. I don't mm-hmm. know if you realized. Uh, that's sad. Yeah. That used exactly. to mean something. I know. Um, the top uncommitted safety in the 2023 class – is C.J. Hurd. He was committed to Florida State at one point. He is now between Colorado and UCLA. He's out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, 247 Sports Composite, three stars, 658th overall player in the country, 64th ranked safety. I There's so much Chip Kelly and UCLA weirdness going on. He can't <laughs> so possibly true. be committing to UCLA, right? That's so true. And once again, Jake, I have heard that Hurd... <laughs> Could be joining the herd. Well done. <laughs> um, no, actually, I have I have heard that uh, the Buffs have a really good chance here. Just to quickly talk about it, Chip Kelly, if that wasn't true, he would have that shot down so quickly because it's a really bad look to be yes. a head coach of a college team who wants out. You know what I mean? Um, if if you if that wasn't true, let's just say someone reported today that that. Deion Sanders is looking to become a defensive coordinator or head coach in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Again, completely made-up thing. You, if, if, you, if that's not true, you fire up the PR machine to get that report killed as quickly as you possibly can mm-hmm. because it's so harmful to recruiting, the transfer portal, everything. You can't have that type of stuff uh, dangling out there um, because it hurts you. Have you heard... Some like you know, if it was Coach Prime, he'd just make a video saying like, "This is categorically false." Mm-hmm. Have you heard anything from the Chip Kelly camp trying to shoot this down? No, and I think we mentioned it yesterday. This is just so weird because before the USC game, we heard Chip Kelly's on the way out. UCLA can't basically can't wait to fire this guy after they lose this game, so he just goes out there and wins the damn game. Mm-hmm. They end up keeping him. Uh, I put him in my article for potential offensive coordinator candidates, yeah. and people were like, "Why would you do that?" This is exactly why. Yeah, It's a weird fractured relationship. And again, I think Chip Kelly wants this out there because he's hoping that an NFL team mm-hmm. will, uh, will bite. It's a, it's a crazy situation, but um, it, it should help the Buffs in this, uh, in this battle for C.J. Hurd. So C.J. Hurd, just a little background here. Two-way player, primarily played safety. Last year played in 10 games, 41 tackles, six PBUs, and a forced fumble. Uh, he only had 141 yards of total offense, so primarily it looks like he's going to come in on the defensive side of the ball, but he can kind of do both ways. Uh, plays at Woodward Academy, again, Atlanta, Georgia. Stay tuned tomorrow. And I believe one of the... Uh, two days, Thursday, actually. One of the highest rated uh, remaining unsigned yep. players. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, decently high four-star. Three-star. Three stars, sorry. He does have 55 offers, 247 says. That's a lot. That's a shit ton. <laughs> that is a lot. Uh, last thing I got. I found this article came up today. ESPN um, Plus, bro. Yeah. High roller. I mean, I get it. Uh, for, <laughs> it's all bundled in with the phone. Um, but Bill Connolly, we've talked about his stuff before. He does, like, the football power index and stuff. Yeah. Um, he did returning production percentages for all 134 FBS college football teams, Colorado, 
ranked 15th in the nation in terms of returning production at 72%. Top of the line is Virginia Tech at 86%. Uh, Iowa State at 85%. Nebraska actually at 77%. Just returning bad production, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it doesn't clarify uh, exactly which uh, production. But offensively, it, he does break it up into offense and defense. The Buffs on offense, I thought this was surprising. They're ranked lower than they are defensively. 41st in returning offensive production with their starting quarterback coming back. Um, their leading rusher obviously gone off to mm -hmm. uh, join Sean Lewis, but at 69%, nice. Defensive side of the ball, 76%. 13th in total returning production on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and if you remember, Jake, this last year was a place that Colorado could not be tracked. Mm -hmm. uh, they Everything, every metric was struggling with Colorado uh, because they are they were all new. It was all new players everywhere you went. New players, new players, new players, and so they could like all the production, all of the players who were uh, or all of the um, what's the word I'm looking for outlets that are like trying to project wins and all the metrics and everything didn't have Colorado. Well, now you're starting to see what it looks like um, when you're able to bring players back, and it's going to be a huge advantage for this team. I mean, there's still a lot of turnover. Um, you do have a new offensive line. You are going to be uh, integrating some new players. But the challenge that they face isn't even anywhere near what it was last year, and yeah. they're going to be able to use that returning production uh, to get better. So there you go. I mean, also, Jake, you got to turn your uh, pass around. Oh, sorry. I just got an email about it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> I thought the laptop would help me hide it. Guess not. I mean, it might be hidden, but. Um, but yeah, as you said, it's just we actually have a foundation now to go off of. Um, we don't have to worry about how. There are pieces we have to learn. How exactly are they going to fit? But it's not the whole team this time. Um, but they're in good shape when you look at this, man. I mean, there's some teams above them. It's not all good teams who are in the top 15 here. I mean, it's like Kennesaw State's in here. Well, yeah, because it's returning production, not. You know, it's how right. what of your how much of your what percentage of your production is returning? It doesn't know it doesn't know if the production was good or not. I mean, Oklahoma State's at fourth. Uh, we've talked about them a lot. They obviously made the Big Twelve title game last year. Um, that's really the best team. Before Heisman you, candidate at running back. Yep, definitely. Utah's right before, uh, right under Colorado at sixteen. So, what else do we got? TCU doesn't matter this year. They're at twenty-one though. But uh, it was interesting. I wish I had the other, the one from last year, so we could compare how much that really like actually meant to team success last season. Yeah, maybe that's something we'll do. We can pull that up, I'm sure, later in the week. But it is nice to be able to have some continuity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a senior starting quarterback to me the greatest weapon in Definitely. college football. Uh, to bring back, to, you know, essentially your wide receiver one, cornerback one, and Travis Hunter. We talk about those guys a lot this week. But, uh, you know, it's Jimmy Horn. It's Shiloh Sanders. It's Levante Bentley. It's, uh, you know, all of these different guys throughout the team that aren't going to be completely trans in, in transition mm -hmm. as they come in next year. Like, they, they'll have established roots. They know how things work. They know how Coach Prime coaches. That does – it compounds – uh, as you were able to kind of get to a place where eventually, you know, a lot of the players on the team are going to be returning players, and uh, I think it's it's an advantage for this team. This year and last year was something that we just couldn't even 
like a metric like that, they would have been like last. Yeah, definitely. And we were just like, yeah, well, it, uh, we can't really say that means anything because we don't know what the play- we. It's all new players. Well, and even then, 2022 was terrible. It'd be lowest production. Like, right. whatever production we had, it wouldn't have mattered anyway because it was so bad. Yeah, you, you could have returned 100% and it would have <laughs> yes. hurt the team. Yes. Uh, anything else you want to hit today before we get to questions? Let's talk to the people. Let's talk to the people. I'm curious, since we don't have our monitor in front of us, I, I can't see the uh, comments. I'm curious how the people are feeling about these uh, shows we've been doing from here. I think they're enjoying them. I'd love to hear it. What do we got? Uh, okay, first question from DD13DF12. Arcane Jake, what do you guys think of Shane Cokes being played out of his position last season? His parents said he's an edge, not a DT. Played NDT to help where CU lacked. So I'm assuming this is coming from Big Dog Chico. I think he had Shane Cook's parents on. Yeah. Um, he was, I think he was kind of an interesting one last year, just when you think about coming up from the Ivy League. I can't remember what he played at Dartmouth exactly. He I was, think he was defensive tackle. It was like defensive end. Okay. Uh, so, so it's like, wasn't like a outside linebacker, you know, it's that bigger end. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Look, we love Shane Cokes. I think we all would have liked him to be more productive last year, though. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't really a factor in a lot of games, but this might be the reason why. I mean, not only was he going up a level, not only was he finally in these uh, Power 5 facility strength programs, but he could have been playing in a completely out of position. Well, and out of position is irrelevant to me because what, what really matters is the fact that he was going from not only up uh, a class of competition, but up a like a, a strength and weight. You know, you're, the, yeah. those interior offensive linemen are a lot of times going to be your strongest offensive linemen, and it's just a huge transition. Um, they needed him there, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was one of the biggest players on the defensive line, Literally. and, and yeah. that's it, it, so it wasn't even optional. I don't. I wouldn't blame the coaching staff either for making the best of what they had and, and having to play him inside. It'd be interesting, though, to see if, if he's able to get some run-down edge looks mm-hmm. uh, in this defense this year. We brought in some big edges, man. Yeah. I know we had them last year, but they've kind of – they have a type at edge, I think, now. Um, Tajay McCoy didn't play, and I think a lot of that was because they wanted him to get bigger and stronger yeah. so that when he is maybe around 250 like a lot of these guys are, he can actually come in there and be a factor. But, I mean, if you're able to play Shane, you know – outside on first down yeah uh and and helps you know solidify the run game then Mm -hmm. i'm all for it and heck you know he i think he had eight sacks at dartmouth yeah the year before so it's not you know it's not like he's one dimensional there Mm -hmm. also i mean we've got barnes coming in we've got chidoze coming in like well that's what i mean you're 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 much better off on the inside than you were yeah we actually have true uh what would you where would you put him Shane Cokes, um, off of just judging off of last year, I think he does profile better as like a five tech kind of big defensive end. Um, I mean, we were obviously he could slim down too if he sure. probably had to bulk up last year to, right. to play that position. Maybe he slims down and uh, and is able to be a little more you know fast. It's a good point. What else we got? Uh, next one from DeAndre Campbell. I heard that the Commanders have released Eric Bieniemy as their OC. Do you think Coach, Coach Prime will hire him as an assistant OC to Pat Shermer? We talked about this yesterday. It doesn't seem likely. Um, there may be another co-OC, though. There may. There may. There are still some names uh, still in the mix. I, I would just say this. 
Eric Bieniemy, I I would assume is going to have other big opportunities. Oh, definitely. Um, to not just be like co-OC or offensive analyst mm -hmm. at Colorado. That being said, if those don't come, you know, maybe there's a situation where he wants to come home for a year. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, next one here from Smoke said, is there going to be a tailgate party for this Arizona game? At On Arizona? Saturday? Oh, 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 oh. Are they talking about the football They're game? They're probably talking about the basketball game. If that's the case, then no. But I would recommend going to the Dark Horse before because that always pops off. But for the football for game? For the football game, yes. There you go. Uh, and then a super chat from Mix in it says, just bet $800 with my wife's overwhelming support to see our Buffs play UCF, and it's one of the best purchases I've ever made. Love you guys. Please tell me you'll be, you'll be there too. Absolutely. We'll be there. We're going we're gonna to be at every road game next year. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's exciting, man. I'm glad uh, you were able to make that happen. And that's, uh, I hope it's just as good. A, I hope you feel just as good after the game as you do right now. Everyone is looking forward to this game. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And UCF plays ball at home. Mm hmm We'll see how good uh, they are this next year. What's next? That's it. That is it. All right. Well, we've been going over now. Uh, Jasmine asked, thoughts on Steve Belichick going to UW? Do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> what? You didn't hear about this? No. Steve Belichick's going to be the defensive coordinator for the Washington Huskies. Wow, there's a uh, Jed Fish pulling some of his old uh, yeah. NFL contacts. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, did we do we think that Steve Belichick was good in the first place? <laughs> I'm kind of out on all the Patriots' former staff. Obviously, Belichick's like the goat head coach, but yep. he didn't get hired this time. Or he might have just had a really good quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's always hard to tell. Like, it's uh, a defensive assistant under a all-time great defensive coach you never really know you know mm -hmm. it's one of the reasons why Eric Bieniemy left uh Kansas City is because it was like well he's never going to get any credit for what's going on on offense working with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes like there's yep. two whole people in front of you that are going to get all their credit before you even get a you know a little serving so uh with with Steve Belichick well I guess we'll see he's got a chance to make himself a Build himself up. Yeah. Uh, do you know where Artemis's question is in the chat? I might have missed it, but he asked them about Shador's yards and touchdowns this season. 40? Can yeah. He get to 40? No, he's getting 40. 4,000? 4,040. Love it. Less and than five picks? Four. Wow. That's Fours across the board. That sounds like a Heisman caliber season, bro. Oh, it, it's going to be – he's going to be in the mix. Better be. Yeah, he's, I, I would uh, I would take that bet as soon as it comes on to DraftKings. There you go. You want to read that Super Chat? Yeah, last-minute Super Chat here from Tackle and Travel says, what do you think of returning players like Omarion Miller and Jordan O? Do you think Cam Michael or Draylon Miller can make an instant impact? Let's just start. Oh, okay, there was – Four players mentioned. What do you there. think of returning players like Omari Miller and Jordan O? I'm assuming they're talking about the wide receiver core. We had a lot of three stars come in last year. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, Omari and uh, Omari Miller is a beast. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you put him on your my guys, didn't you? I think you took him from me. 
He's someone's guy. <laughs> he definitely got drafted. <laughs> uh, I think that uh, he's going. No, I think it was definitely you who took him. Um, anyways, he's got it all. Uh, and um, it was interesting last season hearing Travis kind of say that he uh, struggled a little bit early like Cormani did just mm-hmm. with the responsibilities of college football. And, like, we talk about returning production. It's also just, like, returning understanding. Yeah. Uh, and both of those guys are going to be more mature, more in the loop, more knowing what to expect from playing college football. So uh, I'm excited for O. Um, and then Jordan on- Onavu. Yeah, Onavue. Onavue. Um, he remember uh, was it no? He was a, a kind of a holdover, like a he yeah. was a prior regime commitment. Right. Uh, another guy that's just like I think there's going to be some players that break out this year that people weren't expecting. Whether it's mm-hmm. like a, a like Onavue like uh, Kofi Taylor Barracks. They're just like yeah. some players that people had maybe forgotten about that pop up in, in their second year, you know, whether it's a, a physical breakthrough or a mental breakthrough of, of some sort. Um, guys pop, you know. People are going to make their – it's just like people say the players make their biggest jump from rookie to, uh, rookie to second year. It's the same mm-hmm. thing from freshman to sophomore year. You're not drinking from the fire hose anymore. Yep. Um, and then what was the second part of that? Something about Cam, oh, Michael, Cam Michael and Draylon. Yeah. I think Draylon's going to be a part of the offense. I think he's going to get a, a, a package right away. And Cam Michael's going to be one of the fastest players on the field, so yep. he's going to get his chances too. Um, shout out to Adam Monster Tiger. We talk about him a lot, but he wrote this article on 247 Sports um, about Cam Michael and Draylon Miller. They're, both, they're not in Boulder right now. And the reason is because they're finishing up their basketball seasons at mm. their high school. Uh, they're all they're both playing very very well um, but where was I looking at uh, this quote from Cam Michael said um, where is it oh here he says I will start out at wide receiver as I master the position then I will work in at defensive back in the other positions they want me to play so he's starting at wide receiver speed 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 we are loaded bro. yeah yeah uh, and I mean this offense is going to be so just ripe with opportunity to take advantage of mismatches. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be able to get Draylon Miller on a small guy. You're going to get, you know, uh, Cam McKell in the slot. Like, it's just, I think Pat Shermer has to be in heaven right now. He's got to be. He's got the best quarterback in college football, the best overall player. The speed is off the charts, and now he just got a brand-new offensive line. And yep, and strength and jumping ability. and I mean, it's just, it's just everything. He's got a stud tight end. Mm-hmm. He's gonna, this is going to be uh, it's gonna be fun. Can't wait. Uh, anything else? Uh, just a last-minute super sticker from uh, Big Teasy. Describe it. Our guy. <laughs> Pair character lifting some weights saying, keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Thanks, Teasy. Appreciate you, bro. All right. That does it. Uh, it's been a fun two days, man, and we're only just getting started here. It's going to ramp up. We'll see who shows up throughout the week. All right. See you guys tomorrow. Let's go Buffs. Let's go Buffs.